the fan. Two more. Yes! And there is your dagger! Hashtag Faith Radio. Tuesday from the 651 Carpet Studios. Paul Allen, Nordo Produces. Joining us now, former Minnesota Vikings quarterback and National Football League MVP, Rich Gannon. What's going on there, MVP? How you been? Brother, I am doing great. Uh, I am rested and recovered. I'm, I'm off my bye week as well, so I'm looking forward to... Hmm. We're not quite at the halfway mark, PA, but we're getting close. We've got some uh, movers and shakers. We've got some teams that get some pop and sizzle. We've got some teams that can't make a first down. And then the majority of the teams really are in the middle of the pack. And some of those teams in the second half of the season are going to emerge and find themselves in a position to win a division crown and, and make the postseason. And and one team, Rich, that's not in the middle of the pack, uh, your former team, the Minnesota Vikings, 6-1. Uh, and one. What, um, what do you think of this crazy bunch over here? Well, I think a couple things. I think Kevin O'Connell and his staff have come in and done a great job. I mean, you know, you think about the new staff, PA, we've got 10 of them. We had 10 new coaches this year. And a lot of those teams, my former team, one of my, one of my former teams, I've had a lot of them, but the Raiders, I mean, they can't make a first down. They can't score points. So that first year is tough. I think Kevin's done a great job. Ed Donatello's done a great job installing a new, a new system of football defensively. I think the players have bought in. I, I, I love I love the chemistry and the makeup of this locker room. You and I have had some conversations about the toughness of this football team physically, mentally, their ability to win close games, which was a problem a year ago. Uh, now they're winning those games. And I, I think that, that, you know, obviously they're in really good shape. You look at around the division, Chicago's struggling, Detroit's struggling. The Green Bay Packers can't score. They can't stop anybody. But the, but the Vikings cannot look in the rearview mirror. The Vikings have to focus what's right in front of them, and that's a tough second half of the season. And, and Rich, well, you know, I think through through the seven, where, you know, there if you slice and dice your way through some of the key stats, you know, some aren't as high as you would think they would be for a 6-1 and one team. But one thing is certain, man, they don't panic. They don't panic when it gets hot. Would you agree? Totally. And here's the, here's the other reality. I think, I think Kirk Cousins, I think these veteran players, you know, they understand it. I don't care who you play. I don't care if you play the, the, the hapless Detroit Lions. It, it's going to be a slugfest. These divisional games are always, I always say it's tough to make a first down, let alone win the games. You know, and I think that's the reality of, of our league. I mean, you know, it's rare that we pick up the, the Star Trib on, on Monday morning. We see that, you know, some team won by three scores. That's just not the, the reality of this, this business. So, 
the games are going to be close. They're going to come down to the fourth quarter. They come down to making a play. They come come down to be playing sound football and being good in the kicking game. That's the one thing, you know, PA that I'm excited about is the special teams. I mean, we, we don't we talk so much about offense, quarterback play, defensive play. The kicking game has been a big reason why this team sits where they are at six and one. Rich Gannon, former National Football League MVP and uh, Vikings quarterback on the 9 to Noon show to begin a talker Tuesday. Uh, you, you mentioned Kevin O'Connell. I don't know if you've met him or how well you know him, but like, like what are some things you like about the organization of the team? Well, I, I do know him. I've met him several times. We've had a lot of conversations over the years. I knew him when he was a young assistant, and I've watched him kind of work his way up through the ranks, and he did it the right way, PA. You know, he, he didn't come into the league with a silver spoon in his mouth. You know, you look at him, his career as a player, you know, he had a fighting call even to make teams. And, and uh, you know, so I, I respect that about him. I think he's learned it the right way. But I think the best thing he did was come in and put his arm around the quarterback. You know, I just got the sense there was a bit of a disconnect between uh, the previous staff and Kirk, you know, and I think his, this guy's a talented player. And sometimes, you know, just putting your arm around the guy and saying, hey, you're my guy. I don't care what happens. We're going we're, to we're ride this thing together. I mean, I think you look what's happening in New York with the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones, they're getting ready to run him out of business, run him out of the league. And Brian Dable comes in, puts his arm around him. The Giants have been a really solid team so far this season. I think we're seeing that with Kurt. You know, I, I, he, he knows that he's got, he's got the, the respect and the, and the confidence of the coaching staff. I think they've hit it off. I think that the Kevin's done a great job building a, a game plan around what Kurt does well, what he's comfortable with, what he's got a history with. And I think there's so much talent on that offensive side of the ball. You've got a couple really good running backs, a couple good receivers. If we ever get Irv Smith healthy and keep him on the field, yeah. I mean, he's got a chance to be a pretty good player as well. So and I like the defense. The defense, what's great about the defense is they can close out games. They can get you a sack. They can get you a takeaway late in the game. And that's that's the sign of a really good defense. You know, and, and MVP, Rich Gannon, 9 to noon, as, as I mentioned earlier, about some facets of this six and one, where if you dive into it, there are a fair amount of analysts who don't believe it's sustainable. And 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 really, when you're on the inside, you don't care about those opinions. But you also recognize that there are things that need to improve, like like with Cousins, his yards per attempt and completion percentage, but specifically the yards per attempt, lowest of his career as a starter. Yet he's making some really, really, really good and big throws when you absolutely have to have it. So how do we add all that up? Well, I think there, you know, I think it's important, uh, a little bit of dose of reality. And, and, you know, as quick as you can become six and one, you can get to, you know, six and four, six and five. It, it, it's not that hard. You know, and I think you look at how close these games have been, you know, you get, you get a, you get a, a player or two go the other way. And, and, and that's, and that's, and that's going to happen. I mean, at some point adversity is going to strike this football team and whether it's going to be a, a block kick, whether it's going to be a player gets hurt, whether you give up an explosive play at the end of the game, you know, that happens. And I think you, you have to be strong enough to be able to handle the success, but also handle the adversity. And I just think, you know, you talk about yards per attempt. I think that's going to get better. Look, at the end of the day, it's about completions, right? It's We want to, we want to have a high completion rate. We want to take care of the football. We want to be a good decision maker. That's really always been his MO. I mean, I, I think, you know, he, he's a guy, and this is what I respect about Cousins. He doesn't really care about. He's not one of these stat guys. You know, in the fourth quarter, I, I want to. You know, I want to throw for. You know, I want to. I want to throw for a certain amount of touchdown. He doesn't care. He just wants to put his team in a position to have a chance to win. I think you know everybody leads in a different way. You know, he's not the guy that's going to scream and holler, but he's got the respect of his teammates, and he does it the right way. He comes in, he's prepared, he works hard, 
He plays hard. He doesn't miss snaps. Uh, this guy's got some toughness, and I think that uh, uh, people outside the building don't always see that. Hey, with uh, with, with the Green Bay Packers, Rich, they're, they're they're three and five for the first time in a decade and a half. What uh, outside of just Devontae Adams, the ultimate bailout guy, leaving? What in the heck has happened to this team? It's really simple. I mean, they're just not a good football team. And look, you know, if you can, everyone wants to point the finger at the quarterback. I haven't, I've watched every snap of Aaron Rodgers. There's no indication to me that he's lost it physically. In other words, he's not throwing the ball as well. He doesn't move as well. What he's lost is his confidence. I mean, he doesn't trust anybody. He doesn't trust the offensive line. He certainly doesn't trust the receivers or the tight ends. The receivers have got a bunch of young guys playing. They've got a couple veteran guys that are injured. Of course, they lose Devontae Adams. Defensively, it's been a big disappointment. So you put it all together. And by the way, they did run the ball well the other night, but they haven't run the ball. they got two really good backs, right. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, but they've been very inconsistent running the ball. And so when you can't run it and you have to throw it and the quarterback doesn't know where the receivers are going to be and as good as he is, he looks like a very average player right now. And that's, that's shocking. And I think the situations, P.A., you and I talked about this, are eerily similar to what's going on in Tampa Bay. You've got two great quarterbacks that don't look right. They don't look comfortable. They don't trust the protection. And quite frankly, they don't trust the play callers. And that's a huge issue. I don't see it getting fixed anytime soon. See, and, and, and with Brady, man, you know, I wouldn't wish divorce on my worst enemy. And, and, and I feel bad for the Bradys, man, specifically the kids. But it, it, it has to be tough to play fast with something like that weighing so heavily on one's mind. It's brutal. I mean, and I agree with you. I've known Tom a long time. You know, uh, I've got a relationship with him. I wouldn't say we're best buddies. I don't text him. I don't call him. Uh, But, you know, we played in Pro Bowl together, and, and you know, our careers kind of crossed. And so I've got great respect for his body of work. I feel awful that he's going through this. His family's going through this. You know, I think it's had an, an impact on his on his succeeding. There's no question about it. I mean, look at the weight loss. I mean, he, he, if you look at him, he, he's lost some weight now, a lot of weight. You can see it. And, you know, he's spending time away from the game, trying to catch up with his family, trying to resolve differences. And it just, unfortunately, didn't work out. But it's sad. And, you know, I, I think that, that aside, I mean, he's had a lot of change at the receiver position. They've had guys suspended. They've got guys who are injured. The offensive line, particularly the left side. Donovan Smith hasn't played a whole lot. The new center, new guard. I mean, they're not running the ball. So, I mean, it's similar in that. They're not running it. They're asking these older quarterbacks. Brady's 45. They're asking to throw it 40, 45 times a game. That's a recipe for disaster right now for the Buccaneers. Time for two more. Uh, the the Eagles, Rich, they're, they're going to be really tough to beat. And and I think specifically why is, is okay, they're going to have a great record, and they, they should be prohibitively favored to be the one seed in the NFC. But winning a playoff game at Lincoln Financial, that, that's a lot tougher than people think. You know, I was at Lincoln Financial on Sunday, P. I don't make it there very often, but I stumbled into town. I got a chance to go watch the Eagles play in person. I'm just telling you, they're an impressive bunch. Mm. The quarterback's a different player. He, he's, he's playing a lot more confidence. He's throwing the ball better. A.J. Brown has been a breath of fresh air. He's big. He's physical. He's 225 pounds. He's got a huge catch radius. He's, he kind of reminds you he's, he's a little bit smaller than T.O., but, you know, he's got some of that leaping ability, playmaking ability, three touchdowns of 25 yards or more against a pretty good Steelers secondary. And, you know, he, he did it in double coverage. And 
And look, they've scored 196 points this season, and 126 of them have come in the second quarter. So they get these big leads early. They can pound you into submission with their running game. They got a very good offensive line, and the defense. It just it, it just traded for Robert Quinn. They already had a good defense. They just keep loading up. They get pressure on the quarterback. They make them spit it out. They've got great cover corners, a good safety play. I mean, I'm just telling you, this is a really good football team. And, of course, the Vikings know exactly what I'm talking about. Lastly, uh, Stefanski hung a fat number on Cincinnati. He's 5-0 and against the in-state rival and division rival. And uh, Kevin and those Browns, man, they needed that win last night like they needed to breathe, MVP. You know, we know Kevin well. PA, and he's not only is a great football coach, but he's a great man. He's a great leader. And he's kept that locker room together in the midst of some really tough circumstances. Jacoby Brissett, maybe not the most talented player, but a guy that the players believe in. They've got some great running backs in Chubb and Hunt. And they just they beat up on the defending AFC champions. I mean, they embarrassed them. And the Browns are still a very good football team. They're, they're one of the teams I'm talking about. You know, these teams that are struggling early, that haven't gotten their, their legs underneath them, and they've got a chance to get better, and at some point they get Deshaun Watson back, and if, if they can if they can kind of hold on here the next couple of weeks, they may be a team to reckon with here the last month of the season. All right, man. Have a good radio show today with Bruce Murray. You are the best, brother. Uh, nobody's, I love you. You're an MVP, so I'm just uh, just sitting over here with one eyebrow and three chins trying to make a living and uh, <laughs> call some more victories for this Minnesota Vikings football team. All right, you're Rich? You're the best, brother. See ya. Rich Gannon, former MVP of the National Football League, played quarterback for the Raiders in the Super Bowl, uh, the one that was won by Chucky's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and a uh, former Minnesota Vikings quarterback who still stays in town, Rich Gannon. Thank you very much for the time. Norder Produces, I'm Paul Allen, courtesy of TimberTech and TimberTech.com. What's on deck 9 to noon today includes Bikes Bites coming up around the corner, plus much, much more. Thank you very much for listening to FM 100.3 KFAN, your cash thing leader. The fan and Grano Logistics want to give you a shot to put a grand in your hand with the National Cash Contest. All you got to do, enter the keyword check at KFAN.com. You'll get a $1,000 check by going to KFAN.com, writing the keyword check. Time to noon returns next. Fan. Sad news involving a um, former member of the Minnesota Vikings family. Some of you uh, may know about it uh, if you've seen something on social media. But uh, first, uh, we'll go over there to Mad Producer and uh, we'll go on and kick the biatch off like this. Yes, indeed. Vikes Bites presented by Northern Fire Grilling and Barbecue Supply each and every day, 9 to noon. And Northern Fire Grilling and Barbecue Supply, Vikes Bites, find them just north of 62 off Shady Oak in Minnetonka. NorthernFireBBQ.com. Vikes Bites! I want to start with this, PA. The Minnesota Vikings heading to Washington this weekend. And for the first time this season, we may be looking at injury issues with regular starting contributors to your Minnesota Vikings. Now, first practice being tomorrow, first injury report tomorrow. But due to an online, uh, it's, it's the weekly Zoom. With KOC, and you can hear it during the program, but you can watch at Vikings.com. Yeah. Uh, it was mentioned that both tight end Irv Smith 
suffering an ankle injury in yeah. the most recent game. Had that thumb during training camp, man. Had the thumb, can't get it right. Yeah. And Dalvin Tomlinson pulled up lame, and it's a calf injury, both considered week to week. Your right. thoughts? Well, the, the see, Ben Ellison, uh, Holly, Minnesota, go crazy. Uh, he was on one of those short-term in, um, injured bits. And about two hours before the game, Sunday, I, I generally, generally arrive, I would say, three and a half hours before the game, get down to the field to do a Vikings football Sunday with Musk two hours before the game. And when I was there, right before it, Ben Ellison uh, was working out really rigorously on the field. So it's one of those bits where, like, with uh, with Chase Young, no, that's different, with, like, Cordero Patterson, he went on that short that short injury bit. I think it's four games or something. So I'm not excited. It's, it's Ellison's about set to return. I think he has to miss one more game one with more? the IR, yes. Ah, okay, well, they they made Jacob Hollister uh, active last game. I'm the former Seahawk. And he, and he didn't play. Uh, yeah, he had some TDs, too. And um, and he uh, he didn't, unless I missed it, he didn't play on offense. Uh, Johnny Munt, and I got to find a way with uh, taping with Kevin O'Connell later today for X's and O's. To, to bring, I want to put Johnny Munt in the mix, um, but but I'm just stacked with a bunch of stuff with Kevin uh, because he was in Washington for three years. It's where he met McVeigh, and um, it it just it, it was a jump start to his career that I find to be fascinating. But Johnny Munt not only caught his first National Football League touchdown, that's cool. Uh, he got a ring with the Rams last year, but I think it was an ACL. He missed a majority of the season. I had no idea Munt was a scrappy in the running game as he is. Mm. I mean, because he's not the biggest thing in the world. Uh, I mean, he's tall, but but he's he's like between between thick and angular, whatever that would be, thickular. Uh, but he's scrappy as bleep, man. Scrappy as bleep. And, and we saw it in the Bears game when he put a nasty-ass block on former Bear Roquan Smith to get Dalvin into the end zone. He was doing it again this weekend. Just uh, Johnny Munn, uh, one of our tight ends who's going to have to... Uh, it's going to have to provide different and more if Irv can't go. Vikes Bites. Vikes Bites. This is deep in the heart of nitpicking PA. So the Vikings have produced 13 takeaways thus far in the 2022 season. We love that. And a lot of them. Is the it key, a self-scout tout? Well, the key point to this is that they've been timely. But the question is here. So there was a moment uh, on sun in Sunday's game against the Cardinals, Rondale Moore, on one drive, by the way, four plays, 70 yards, culminates in a touchdown. Of the 70 yards, Rondale Moore had 65 of them. And one was a long pass and run. The second one was a 38-yard touchdown. On that play, it appeared as though Eric Kendricks was going for the strip instead of the tackle. He went one way, Rondale shifted to his right, walks into the end zone. So the question I have for you is, have you noticed, and you watched a lot of defenses, specifically a Mike Zimmer run defense for the last eight years, where it was necess- it was less about ball hawking, more about keys and fundamentals, I would say. Now there is a get-to-the-ball mentality with this team, and we saw at least one of those moments on that play. Is this necessarily a problem, or is it just a product or part of the issue when we are getting all of those turnovers that we've seen through eight games? Uh, it's it's really wordy and poorly framed question. Hopefully you understand what I'm yeah, getting I'm, to. Yeah, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to get to to, to the dagger of, of what you're trying to say. I mean, because with, with Kendricks, 
It's for Eric to run from behind somebody and more didn't see him coming. Do the Superman bit and leap and try to strip the ball, try to punch it away. Honestly, I don't think we've seen much of that from Eric Kendricks during his career. It was very rare. But see Kendricks, see Kendricks, in my opinion, after watching it back several times, it's more 50-50 he did the right thing than, than like when calling the game. I'm like, damn, man, I, just, I can't believe Kendricks did that. Because he the, the art of surprise uh, potentially could have saved uh, what was a touchdown and, tur- and turned over the birds. Uh, it also is a product of Eric knowing that the team is getting turnovers en masse right now. I mean, they're either throwing them right to Harry or Cam's doing his thing or on special teams, you're getting turnovers. And the Vikings plus minus, I think, is like plus six, somewhere around there. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's tied for second in the NFL. Now, but with Eric, the A topic with Eric, and I, I discussed this with somebody yesterday um, who used to coach in the NFL and on defense and would know more about it than me. Is Eric at, at 200 and change as an inside linebacker in a 3-4? You know, I've, I've mentioned, and, and it's not an affront, or it's not trying to run down number 54 because he's a super reliable player and he plays all the snaps. But this is the first time this far in the season when I'm putting that game-calling depth chart together. You know, there's one thing that I have put on that game-calling depth chart for Eric Kendricks for half a decade and it's he has two interception touchdowns the next one uh three would tie him with a player named rip hawkins who was a linebacker in the early 60s who owns the vikings record for interception touchdowns so i even have that committed to memory i've written it down so many times waiting for ek to get that next score and uh but secondly week after week after week after week i'm writing down zero sacks, interceptions, forced fumbles, or fumble recoveries for Kendricks. And that's just antithetical to anything that that I have known of him since he came into the league in like 2015. But when it comes to his lot in life as an inside linebacker at 200 pounds and change in a 3-4, compared to an inside linebacker, a middle linebacker in a 4-3, you referenced the, uh, the Zimmer defense, is... The, the defensive linemen for the 4-3, they eat, they eat up offensive linemen and fullbacks purposely to keep people off Kendricks and let him run free. Now, defensive linemen in a 3-4, it's completely different with what their assignments are. And, and it's the difference between like running down and uphill. And, and honestly, I think it's been a terrific and tremendous adjustment for Eric. The thing, the thing about Eric is during during the transition, he's a two-time All-Pro. So Eric has shown the league that he's one of the better pass-covering and sideline-to-sideline side linebackers in the last X amount of years in the NFL. So everybody knows that. But for Eric, while he's been learning the nuance of shedding blocks before the blocks get to you, is is uh, for, for he's not getting the team beat is there aren't moments where you're like, wow, man. I mean, Kendricks looked like he had no idea where to go there. He was going Chris Jones on an Ole against Tony Pollard simply because his mind is spinning too much. It's like Ed Ingram. Now, now Ed had some rough moments in this most recent game. and But but Ed, for the most part, Ed's not getting you beat. You, you can put the second rounder out there against these beat beaters, 
and it may not be A-plus every single play, but he's not getting you beat. Likewise for Kendricks, who I firmly believe is still adjusting to this 3-4 defense. You were wordy. I was wordier. Vikes Bites! <laughs> Brought to you by Northern Fire Grilling and Barbecue Supply. Hopefully you understood what I said. I absolutely did, and I appreciate it. Sneak peek at next week. Sneak peek at fresh meat. Uh, this is a Scott Turner-led offense that we're going to be seeing on Sunday with the Commanders. And as many have followed, the Washington Commanders, after starting out one and four, have one, three, and a row. Two of which on the road, by the way. Yeah. And two of those three straight victories. At the helm, Taylor Heineke. Taylor, though. Former member of the Minnesota Vikings. Everybody is kung fu fighting. Now, da, 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 da. He, he was the he was the kick the glass, right? He was he kicked the glass. Uh, Carl Douglas, kung fu fighting yeah. in, in the system. If you ever want to talk about Taylor, well, and just I mean, just this doesn't even need to be said, does it? If if you're hanging out with your buddies and one and one of the three or four of you is an NFL player that is vying for an opportunity to be either a backup yeah. and in this case going into 2016 no one yeah. could have seen what was going to happen to teddy and he probably just paid for the entire evening correct yeah you kicked the window you kicked the yeah. door not <laughs> the, the door nfl player yeah. yes you kicked ah, the window yeah. not the nfl player it was glass whatever it was uh chris carter was right you do need <laughs> a fall guy in situations <laughs> like this and taylor went kung fu fighting it's not like we're watching all 22 of all of ron rivera's team's games and plays his, de his defense is super 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 aggressive i looked at it a little yesterday they go after you but offensively it appears over the last two games that the way Scott Turner wants it run, as in he wants to be a team that wins time of possession six of eight games just like they have, yep. a team that can run it, although they're not explosive, they're productive. Yeah, they plod. And then they just want a guy that can move around a little bit behind that offensive line that mm -hmm. isn't as good as it has been in the past yep. and just stick around long enough to try yep. and win a game. Taylor Heineke has been, it looks like, more Perfect. formidable and the better option than Wentz, and right. that's who we face on Sunday. And I like Carson, okay? It's through some faith-related things. I've gotten to know Carson, and, and there may be people listening in, in the Bismarck area now on the vast and ever-expanding KFAN radio network who, who know what I'm talking about with Carson. I mean, he's a, he's a genuine, wonderful guy, but sometimes I think he's just all up inside his head where I'm not going to say he cares too much about what people think about him or the ancillary noise and elevator music is what it should be that that's like bouncing around in his mind taylor doesn't care i mean yeah, taylor from the first from the first moment he got here you could tell there there was some swashbuckle to this kid and he's fast uh but he's under he's undersized he's diminutive uh another quarterback they have on their roster colt mccoy he's also diminutive O'Connell worked with Case Keenum in 2018 in Washington. He got Case the first year after the miracle season. Case ain't the biggest thing either. So the point being here is you have limitations with quarterbacks like that, but then you play the game. The, the coach is not in your helmet. That There is no overthinking or no over paralysis by over analysis, and you just got to play. And Taylor just has the scrappy gene, the fearless gene that you need to have to win at the highest level in a game like the National Football League. And, and, and he's won two in a row, ain't no doubt about it. Terry McLaurin is, for my taste, one of the most underrated receivers in the National Football League. And finally, with Taylor, he, let's not forget, man, 
uh, the year the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl with Captain Cole, they had to go to FedEx Field in the very first game yeah. in the wild card round. And, and Washington could not get Alex Smith ready for that game. So they had to use Taylor Heineke, who threw for more than 300, a touchdown, a pick, and he ran for one. How about that one at the pylon? Yeah. What and a, a gamer. At an incredibly key time of the game. Yeah. Heineke was an inch from beating the greatest quarterback in the history of the National Football League in a playoff game. Don't sleep on this thing because you might get kicked with everybody is kung fu fighting. Vikes Bites. Final thing, Vikes Bites today. It was reported, has been reported by just about everybody out there, PA. I wouldn't even call that reporting the way that thing broke, but that's that's all right. Well, it, it's uh, I saw that. Uh, it's reported now. You're right. Yes, that is correct. But um, Adam Zimmer, the former Vikings assistant, son of former Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer, has passed away. He was 38 years old. Uh, his sister, Corey. Uh, did announce the news this morning in an Instagram post, a uh, statement from the Bengals specifically, of course, uh, Bengals, the team where Mike Zimmer, Adam very close to. Adam, I believe, most recently was had done some work for them uh, as an offensive analyst. Uh, the Bengals are saddened to learn of the devastating news about Adam Zimmer. Team president Mike Brown offered, uh, our organization has had the privilege of knowing and working with the Zimmer family for 15 years. We have the highest regard for Mike and Adam. We're incredibly saddened by this tragic news. Mike and Adam, more than just coaches, they were friends. Our thoughts and prayers with the Zimmer family at this time. And uh, you knew both, both Mike and Adam very well. And uh, it's just, um, I mean, there's there's no, nothing else to say other than it's awful and it's tragic. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that's middle of the day yesterday. That That's why I texted you. And, yeah. and I told you, you know, if I were to take today off, um, I, you know, of course I would let you know what was happening. And I had... I, you know, it just was when, when, when I was told yesterday, middle of the day, it, um, it, it just, it led to a day of texting and, and phone, phone calls and, you know, just not, not trying to be like, why, or I don't even know what to say. Um, yeah, it, it just was a very, very heavy day yesterday. And, and not only for me, but for a lot of people who, you know, like, I mean, Kendricks and Barr played for, for, for Adam Zimmer. And, you know, Adam was a different guy. And, you know, it's it's like I told somebody yesterday, it doesn't matter how you chop this thing up, man. Um, no matter what you remember, no matter what you thought was weird, no matter what you thought was mean, no matter what you thought was loving, no, no matter what you thought about anything, is is a brother, a grand, a grandson, and a son has died. And it happened out of nowhere, and it happened here in Minnesota. And, you know, the, the body was discovered yesterday, from what I understand. Uh, so, you know, now now you're going down the road of how long, what, you know, was it in that spot, and, and how did it happen? And, and I don't know. I have an idea of how it happened, but I, I don't, you know, I, I certainly don't know, and I'm, and I'm not going to speculate on something like that. But, you know, with uh, some of the conversations that I had yesterday with um, – you know, those who used to be here, mostly former coaches, is um, it's just like I, I said to to, to um, one of them is if you're if you're Mike, if you're Zim, I mean, you're going to you're going to try to lay your head down to go to sleep tonight, yesterday, tonight. And you've lost your son and you weren't there. You have no idea how it happened. At least at that point, I don't think anybody did. And. You know, what you know it's it's what did you see up to it like ever since you know over the last x amount of years what have you seen and and what's hitting you right now 
but also you're, you're going to try to go to bed or try to lay your head down and go to sleep and sleeping peacefully is not in the equation anymore. So you're just going to try to get what you can get and from a rest standpoint. And, and your son has died, your only son, and your wife also mysteriously died a couple of decades ago. And, and that, that's a man's life. That's a man's heart. That's a man's mind. And it just, it really, really, really overwhelmed me yesterday, uh, chatting with some people about it. And so God rest his soul and um, everybody associated with Adam and uh, the Zimmer family. Um, God bless all of you. And uh, 9 to noon will continue after this. Time now for the Vikings report on the fan presented by the Minnesota Lottery. Vikings assistant coach Mike Patton joins PA after this from the Minnesota Lottery. Coach, congratulations on the win Sunday against Zona. What uh, what impressed you with the defense? Well, it was it was was kind of a um, you know a back and forth game. I mean, that's we knew coming in that this was a you know a group of of uh, explosive athletes that um, their offensive staff I think does a great job of of getting uh, the ball to their players in space, which you know which makes it very very difficult. You know, they spread the field. Uh, and then the added element of, of uh, we can do a great job defending the first element of the play, but when they have a, a quarterback that can get out of trouble the way that he does, that that uh, that always that always causes uh, problems. And I, I thought for the most part our, our guys handled that pretty well. We let them get out a few times, but uh, you know I thought the pass rush stepped it up uh, when we needed it the most. And, and uh, you know when it was crunch time, we got our coverage tightened down and, and found a way to to, uh, to close it out. Mike, when when you guys or teams consistently run the way you did against the Cards, what other facets of the offense either improved during that game or or establish uh, improvement during the course of the season? Well, I, I think that's a, a as much as this is a passing league, you, you still have to be able to run the football. Uh, and, and I get it that there are people that that you know want to take it the other direction and hey be pass first but at some point you're going to have to be able to to run the ball whether that's to cl- to close a game out whether that's short yardage or, or goal line um but then when you play action is such an important part of, of football nowadays and you see so many more uh explosive gains on early downs and, and a big part of that is because of play action and if you're not running the ball well uh, then, then defense isn't going to have a have a lot of respect for it. That they're they're going to be able to defend the run uh, and keep their safeties deep and and really handle everything. Hey, if we can stop the run, but but still be sound against the pass, uh, the defense is in great shape. But when you have to commit that extra defender, um, it, you know it makes it harder to disguise coverage, uh, and and then you just get into all kind of trouble because now your teams can can kind of you know, max protect it, and and you know you have one on ones on the outside, so. Uh, it's it's still such a big part of the game, and, and it was great to see our guys uh, be able to run it uh, the, the way they did. I mean, it's it's very it's tough for a defense. Uh, you know, it's it's you know when a team is is uh, is running it well, and you and you kind of have that that, uh, that that helpless feeling of hey, we we can't get this team stopped. On the fan.
anybody caught Patrick Peterson's interview with Dan Barrero yesterday. It's every Monday. It's good every single week. Uh, those two really, really uh, uh, chop it up uh, nicely together. Yesterday was spectacular. And and when, hold on. When, uh, when 9 to noon <clears throat> had Jordan Hicks on yesterday, the former Cardinal, with the you know, despite the 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 phone connection terrorism, uh, when when you could hear the interview, uh, you you could tell that yesterday was an incredibly emotional day for Patrick against his former team. And Jordan said it was like that before the game, during the week, after the game. And um, and Dan and Patrick really captured not only the essence of that, but some of the nuance of the six and one team in that interview yesterday. Uh, so we're going to offer up a couple of bites. Yeah, absolutely. I pilfered some of bump. Yeah, well, let's call it from Vikes bites to bumps bites. And you're right, terrific, uh, terrific interview each and every week. Patrick Peterson, Dan Barrero, bumper to bumper, usually kicks off right around the 3 p.m. hour uh, on Mondays. Uh, let's just start it off here. I, I left in the the Barrero questions. Kind of explains itself uh, following uh, a game in which two former Cardinals, now member of the Vikings. We're up against their uh, their prior squad. Well, um, I'm going to give you two quotes, and I'm going to ask you to pick which you like better. They both deal with the uh, thing called revenge. One is from Alfred Hitchcock, who apparently once said, revenge is sweet and not fattening. And then there's another one. This is a famous one. This is a proverb, proverbial phrase that goes like this. Revenge is a dish best served cold you like either one of those better than the other or do you like them both that's a nice bump i really like them both but i like the last one better how come revenge is served better cold <laughs> which i think is supposed to mean revenge at a later date is more satisfying than enacting right. it immediately and obviously this exactly. is a later date for you right yeah no doubt about it that's why i think i would like the better the second one a little bit better so revenge on the mind of Patrick Peterson, and I assume in some ways Jordan Hicks as well. But the question is, why? Have you talked about this as much as you certainly did during the game yesterday and after the game? No, not really. Um, but, you know, I got it off my chest. You know, it is what it is now. But, yeah, that's something that's been brewing for a while. And it obviously – what. what Try to. I know you went through this all yesterday, but for the purposes of our listeners, um, why did you feel, or maybe do you feel, so wronged by what took place there? Um, just because, like, with me being the caliber player that you know, I was for that organization and the love I have for my teammates and how much I put into wanting to win and I get treated like that. You know, that's something that just rubbed me the wrong way, mm. you know, because you don't do, you don't do, you know, someone like that who you say you love, who you so-called say you love. You know what I mean? So that's why it hit, it hit a lot different to me because the things I was told about, oh, retiring a car. And I know everybody says, say, you know, things just to be saying things at times. But then when your actions show differently throughout the free agents, free agent um, period, and now that's when it, it gets personal to me because now you're not holding your end of the bargain by being, being a man of your word. And I've been nothing but a man of my word and my entire 10 years there. Is it the kind so, of... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
No, that was it. You know, so that's where, like I said, I got it off my chest and I said what I said and now, you know, I'm past it. Move on with the rest of your life for sure. So, so I mentioned yesterday that, um, and Nordo has seen it, and maybe some listening have seen it, and I saw it Sunday night, is somebody who knows Patrick was videotaping Patrick as he was leaving the field. And, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I don't even know how to find it. It just popped up in, in my Twitter feed, and I watched it three times. you got to look at Patrick's face and just how how impassioned and and hurt and mad and joyful he was because of the victory. It was, all, it was everything all in one. And I've never heard a player in a situation like that directly call out a general manager, in this case, Steve Keim for the Arizona Cardinals, and Patrick, paraphrasing, looked right at the camera and said, Steve, why didn't you call me back? I've been waiting two years for you to call me back. You said you'd call me back. Why didn't you call me back? And then, as I referenced with um, with with Jordan, now Jordan Hicks, all right, he was a two-time captain, a two-time captain, state of hockey, wore the C. That's important in all sports. And Jordan was incredibly uh, dissatisfied or slighted. And I've gotten to know Jordan real well over about the last two and a half months of, of all these new players that are here. And this is a smart, upfront, honest he, he's the genuine article. He's a wonderful, wonderful person. Very good player, too. But he was like, it was crap, you know, the way they handled this whole thing, man. And then Patrick doubled down doubled down on it uh, with this bit that Nordo just found. Yeah, here's this video you're talking about from yesterday, I think. Where's Steve Hyde? Yeah. Still running for me. That's what I want to stop. Face to face. Stop running. What do you want to tell him? I want to talk to him in his face. I don't want him to see this. I want to see a personal, personal, personal. And I didn't listen to the last five seconds. Not sure if there's no, an here's the deal is like I said, so are you watching it? Yeah, yeah. All right. You see the black coach with the white beard. Okay. And I asked Jordan Hicks about this. Who was the coach with the white beard who rolled up on Patrick? Look at Patrick turn and look at this guy. Like somebody was coming after him. I mean, he, he looked does. at him like, you want to go? Oh, my man, here we are. And then they embraced. Oh, yeah. Well, that was his DB's coach in Arizona. Oh, man. And those guys love each other. Yeah. But he was so apoplectic. He was in the moment. And emotional and in the moment. When you see him turn and look at this coach, it's like, let's go. Oh, my bad, man. Oh, they hug it out. Yeah. Okay. But you see the look? Yeah. Oh, he was pissed. Yes. I and mean, man, it's just, again, we... Uh, we specifically, I overuse these words with this team, but it's it's as accurate as anything I've ever shared into this microphone in my career. This team on so many levels is so fascinating, engrossing, captivating, uh, child the childlike joy for things. Uh, uh, JJ, you know, I'm not I'm not big on. You know, man, I'm looking in JJ's eyes and I can I can just tell that he's off or I can just tell that he's happy. I ain't that guy. But there were some times after certain plays where, you know, Bursich or Lieber are talking and I glance up at the TV to, to see what's going on. And JJ was frustrated as bleep. I mean, yeah. JJ had a countenance uh, which was that of frustration. And and he hasn't he hasn't caught a touchdown pass since week one. It's the longest stretch of his career. It's not close yet. Justin 
a tax practice and a tax everything that goes into the game every single day with a childlike joy for the opportunity to be at this level. And there's a um, there's a decent shot. We're going to have Vikings offensive coordinator Wes Phillips on the show tomorrow when we're at TCOPC. Sweet. And and FIWA, Fairness and Wes Act, I got that take from Wes, okay, about the he, – he attacks things with childlike joy. So I hope we get Wes tomorrow so he can say it the right way. All right, so – as we uh, well, how much time do we have here? Because I got a couple more for We're you, good, man. It's cool. All right, sweet. We're good. Let's continue on here. Barrero with Patrick Peterson from yesterday. Looked to me as if um, Kevin O'Connell called you over or said something to you. So, can you tell us what that? Can you share that conversation? Was it him saying, "Go after it, man"? If this is what if this is what's fueling you, go to it. Enjoy the hell yeah. out of it, or was it okay? Okay, keep this. Don't be careful. You don't carry this too far. Yeah, you know, coaches they have this saying of like "whoa" than "chicken." <laughs> they right. They they like saying they like saying more "whoa" than "chicken." So that was one of those "whoa" moments, you know, pulling pulling me back a little bit. But you know, it was the first drive. It was like it was the, the emotions were high, you know. And after the first drive, you know, I kind of you know reeled myself back in, and, and you know, was dialed in on the game and. And no, not so dialed up into the other stuff. <laughs> Did you jaw with anybody in particular on their sideline, or were you just yelling in their direction? Um, yeah, whoever was whoever wanted smoke, you know, for <laughs> the most part, smoke. whoever whoever was hey. going on back to me, you know, because the first thing I heard was, "Yeah, we heard you gonna get two. We heard that you said you're gonna get two picks. We coming at you all night." I was like, "All right, that's what I want. I'm be my guest, and I'm gonna show you I'm gonna get these two picks." <laughs> That there, there are some things bouncing around with like younger generation or kids or whatever, and there are two new ones. Oh, well, maybe not new, um, but it's like uh, Nordo that montage yesterday, fire. Yeah, that uh, montage, fire. Right, hundred. It was one hundred. Yep. Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah it was a hundred. Um, There's also like I roll into Abbott's office and he tries to tell me something, and I'm like, Abbott. Right now, you don't want that smoke. Right. You got the smoke, which which Nordo and Patrick Peterson just shared. Jordan Hicks um, got a game ball after the victory over Arizona. You can watch this at Vikings.com. It's Kevin O'Connell's locker room speech. And then Kevin goes to uh, Patrick and Jordan. All right, break it down. And that's when uh, that's when everybody gets in the uh, in the huddle. And then they go like, um, we're a team. We love each other. Let's just keep winning. Bikes on three. Uh, no, Jordan said family on three, one, two, three, family. But Jordan, at the end of it, said, I like this outfit. <laughs> and and he wasn't just talking about his uniform. He, he, he's, I like this outfit. It's just like a new bit that I'm hearing where it's like what you wear personifies what everybody wears, and you're all wearing the same thing. Yeah. I like this outfit. They're a team. Hey. They're a family. They're an outfit. Hey. Uh, you can listen to, again, and, and podcast the Dan Barrero Show and hear specifically detail by detail about Patrick Peterson uh, receiving letters, angry letters from a season ticket holder and negative people who put emails outside his locker just to let him know that people were down on him. Yeah. And that's part of the grander conversation with Steve Kime. Uh, we'll wrap this up with, wow. with my favorite part of this, though. I did not know that. Is because yesterday when when Dan was asking him, like, were you John and anybody? He's like, anybody that wants that smoke, 
Um, he was John at Cliff's, Cliff Kingsbury hard wow. after a couple of plays on during Sunday's game, and I thought this was uh, the perfect way to end this. Cardinals strike me as poorly coached with a quarterback who, despite his playground moments, does not know how to manage the game to boot. Am I wrong or right? I plead the fifth. <laughs> wow! <laughs> That's not like you. I don't want any more, I don't, I don't want any more headlines, so I plead the fifth. All right. <laughs> All right. That's, ahead, that may Dan. be a bit of an answer in of itself. How about that right there? He reads ahead, his Dan. own tweet. That was a Barrero tweet from Sunday. Yeah. That uh, we we don't have a very good coach. The quarterback's cool in the playground, but yeah. can't make it happen. Yeah, and he put that on P two, and P two handled it perfectly. And, and here we are in the cornfields, FM one hundred point three KFAN. You know, we're talking about a Vikings victory, but but we are you know uh, weaving our way through the adversary, and you know some some of the bigger names and stuff like that. And you would think like Arizona Cardinals fan line or the day after yeah. lamenting the loss. 10 a.m. with Ron Wolfley. Yeah, that, that yeah, we got Ron Wolfley coming on at 10 o'clock. We're going to land base the squad. Don't leave. Uh, but first, this from Krispy Kreme on Camelback Road. Um, the Kyler Murray, you can't get it any worse than Kyler Murray got it 9 to noon and then 3 to 6.30. Because I'm like, with Bursich, I'm like, would you want Kyler Murray as your quarterback? And then he's like, yeah, super talented, A, B, C, and D. And I'm like, yeah, but he is super talented, very fast. But stop throwing those punts every single game where you just throw it up and you don't know where it's going. You can't succeed at this level at the most important spot playing that way. And he does it every single game. But like I said yesterday, because it's a shiny toy world and he's a shiny toy, I think people give him too much credit at this stage of his career. Way too much. For a career that is not morphing the way a number one overall pick in the draft should. I mean, look at Matthew Stafford, first overall pick in the 2009 draft with the Lions. And through 09 all the way through 2020, when he was a Lion, nobody ever said anything bad about Matt. You know, Matt gave every single thing improved, played hurt, did everything you can of a number one overall pick needs to do to a justify your lot in life, but B help your team win. Yeah. That ain't the case with Kyler. Kyler gets you beat. Kyler got Kyler got his team beat against the Rams in a playoff game last year. And and then now bump with, with Patrick Pete. Kyler just got killed. Just listen to the whole interview. It's awesome. Up here in the uh, cornfields. Great job, Bump. Uh nine to noon with uh Arif Hassan from Pro Football.